Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie. And I'm Liam. And if you don't know, or if we've got any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves just a week to read and research all about it. The idea being that we do the hard work and then we share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, our listeners. That is absolutely right. And just so everybody knows, we are not experts in anything that we talk about on the pod. This is just a summary of our findings, but hopefully by sharing some knowledge with you all, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Yeah, exactly. So let's get on with this week's episode, which isn't specifically a topic, but we're going to call it And Another Thing. Liam. This is the final episode in series five of Two Guys, One Topic. This has been another fun series. And what we always like to do at the end of each series is just have a little wrap up, don't we? Yeah. So we call it another thing. We try and um, as the series, as the time is going on, we, we try and keep abreast of um, latest developments in the news and things like that. And at the end, just try and wrap everything up nicely, don't we? And sort of summarise what we've learned in some instances and, and give you just a tiny little bit of new information. Yeah, absolutely. It's been another fun series, I think. I think we've both enjoyed it, haven't we? Just learning so much about these random topics. It's been it's been really good. I've learned my probably my second favorite thing since we've been doing this podcast this series when I learned about clowns Ooh. and how they trademark trademark their faces. Do you remember how they do that? <laughs> yeah. They get an egg and they draw their face on an egg. That's mental, isn't it? That's just <laughs> mental. <laughs> I mean, that's so good. That's one, that's one of my favourite things I've learned doing this. That and the fact the internet runs through cables under the sea. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, that that that's interesting that you say. Hopefully everybody has enjoyed Series 5 as well and learning as much as we have. And I think what's becoming more apparent is as we're going through the series and we're learning more and more things, we're quite often seeing that things sort of tie back to previous episodes from yeah. previous oh, series, yeah, yeah, for sure. and it all sort of like links together, like weirdly, doesn't it? In a, in a number of ways, which probably leads us on nicely to start talking about one of the episodes. Well, the episode that kicked off series five. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll just should we just go through the episodes one by one and yeah. uh, just reel off anything we've got. Might not be as long an episode as some of the other ones. I don't I don't think, but yeah, let's go to Antarctica then. So. Interestingly, when we you know, when we learned about Antarctica, we we learned how people live on Antarctica, and scientists are up there doing research all the time. But that they've got quite spotty internet, don't they? Until now, <laughs> yeah, there's some big big news coming their way that they're they're actually going to have an internet cable that will be running to Antarctica. And as Liam mentioned a moment ago, it blew our minds a series or two back where we learned that the whole of the world's internet is connected by cables under the sea and it turns out there's going to be a massive cable running 15,000 kilometers from Chile to Australia and one of those offshoots are going to go down to to Antarctica and should make a big difference for them down there yeah 10 nearly 10,000 miles they're going to run a cable from Chile to Australia and then uh, yeah they're going to like put a junction in it I guess it's going to go off to um to Antarctica Uh, I'd read somewhere that there's about a thousand people on Antarctica and but their internet connection at the minute is similar to that of a family of three in the United States between <laughs> a thousand of them. So uh, you know that should help. 
a, a thousand is is the busy time of year in the summer, isn't it? Because you've got to be you've got to be a bit hardy if you want to be there over the winter. And yeah. they were saying that. So this is where all the the scientists they they go in the summer months and they start doing their research. And by having better internet, obviously you can just be more connected to people. But they can start crunching numbers better and start hopefully getting better scientific results by having better internet speeds out there. Yeah. Also, what about if you fancied getting married on Antarctica? It's, you it's, could not do that until recently, could you? <laughs> you need to have pretty deep pockets to do it, though, don't you? So there's now a new wedding package that's available if anyone wants to try and do this. And they're saying it's it's the coolest wedding that you can do. Yeah, nice, nice cheesy pun there, um, where you can then fly down for a quarter of a million dollars with 12 guests and get married in Antarctica, can't you? Yeah, there's a bespoke luxury travel company called Red Savannah, Red Savannah, probably, actually. And they do stuff like, um, you know, you you can stay on islands and you you can, um, what's it called when you get a yacht, charter yachts, things that, you know, real safaris, that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, they they will fly you out, 12 of you out out to um, Antarctica and get married. You can stay there for some nights at a time. Like a quarter of a million dollars, though, is... You see, I mean, that's three million pounds, three million dollars for all 12 of you, I guess. Wow. Wow. That is that is big time. The the thing that we also learned about Antarctica is just how remote it is and how it wasn't even actually discovered until 1820. So it took a long time for anybody to actually know that it was even there in the first place. And then also just the, the stories as well. The guy who got to the South Pole first. So if you want to go back and listen to it, it's a pretty interesting story. This guy called Roald Amundsen in 1911 um yeah definitely go and check that out and how we had a bit of a race to get to the south pole but if you are interested in the south pole they're sort of saying with climate change a little bit more seriously that it could actually start melting away yeah well it is melting away isn't it but it's certainly melting away faster than it ever has and there's they've got an issue with warm waters and climate change and like warmer waters are coming towards antarctica and um basically doing exactly what everybody thinks they're going to do, which is melt one of the ice sheets. But the ice sheet they're melting is pretty beefy, isn't it? It's, it's as big as America or something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So there's there's two major ice sheets in Antarctica. The west one we've known for some time that it's been, it's been melting a little bit. But the east one, the east Antarctic ice sheet is now melting as well. And it's the size of the United States. That wow. is holding a lot of water. If that then starts melting and filling up the seas, we could have some interesting yeah. situations coming. Remember, 90% of all the ice on our planet is in Antarctica. A little fact. All right, well, let's move along then. So then we learned about anime. And I think one of the more interesting things I learned about anime, just real quickly, is something called Comiket, which is an anime and manga convention. Uh, it's bigger than Comic Con in America. It's bigger than the Geneva Bo- uh, Geneva Car Show. Can have up to five hundred thousand people, but it's uh, this weekend, August thirteenth and August the fourteenth. If you can get yourself to Tokyo, I remember um, that. That just blew your mind, didn't it? it you, you love that when when you, when you're reading about it. Just how massive, how massive this Comic Con is. I know you love yeah. that, didn't you? Bigger than any other convention. Yeah, unbelievable. Ticketed this year because of COVID, and interestingly, if you turn up in costume which, you know, you can imagine all of these fans of manga and anime are, you have to pay extra, extra for, you know, what if I always dress as Pikachu? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's just my normal. That's just my normal attire that I always wear. I always dress like yeah. Pikachu. Unless, don't forget, Pokemon, the largest media franchise in the world, or worth worth more money than anything else, like more than Star Wars or yeah, you know. But buy a lot as well. It's not just a smidge, is it? Yeah, definitely go go back and check out the anime episode just to hear if you're not aware already how absolutely enormous anime actually is. Then one of the other topics that we got into, which we had we had a bit of a good laugh about pronouncing what IKEA stands for. I'm not going to put you on the spot now, Liam. Do you want me to have a go? Yeah, go on. Okay, the I and the K is the guy, isn't it? I think it's Ingvar Carlson. Is it? I don't know if you've got it in front of you. In- Camp- Ingvar Carlson, Camp- maybe. Campad. Oh, is it? You know, right, the I and the K are his name. The E is the name of the farm that he grew up on, like whatever it stands for. And the A is the name of like the, the village or the town where, yeah, in the, where the farm is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We had a little bit of Close fun with you pronouncing it. And then also actually saying IKEA correctly and how they changed the name of it. So how would they, how would they say it in America, Liam? IKEA. How would they say it in Sweden? IKEA. <laughs> A parent of one of the students that I teach is Swedish, and he actually came up to me and mentioned that afterwards, and he was happy that we'd mentioned as much that it's Ikea. Uh, nice. Ikea. I like that. Uh, anyway, you've asked... got a joke. We've, we've been sent a joke, haven't we, by a listener? Yeah, we did uh, have somebody get in contact with us, and it was on Twitter. So, yeah, if you ever want to get in touch with us, we love hearing from you. It's at Two Guys One Topic on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And we had Richard Enriquez on Twitter, who's at LostThePlot235. He heard our IKEA episode and thought everyone might like to hear this joke. So here we go. Oh, and if you remember from series one where we did jokes, I can't tell jokes. So (laughs) here we go. So this is from Richard. The CEO of IKEA wants to be Prime Minister of Sweden just so that he can assemble his own cabinet. Yeah, one of those dust clouds. Uh, that must be one of those dad jokes. Thanks for sending that in, Richard. <laughs> um, Galileo's going to be pretty impressed with the latest telescope, isn't he? Well, yeah. We learned, Galileo. we learned it was a misconception that he didn't actually invent the telescope, did he? So he's no, he... super famous for using it and putting it to good use, looking in the sky, looking at Jupiter and figuring out the moons around Jupiter, which then helped prove that celestial objects can move around a planet. So that's how the solar system then moves around the sun. Um, but yeah, he didn't actually invent the telescope, did he? No, he, he'd seen a guy called Hans Lippe. He had uh, come up with this telescope idea and he, he took it and... Well, he, he, I mean, he improved on it massively, but the actual idea itself was not his. No. Um, but is it, the, is it called the James Webb Telescope, the one that, that they've sent up there now, that sent back those pictures last week or the week before of galaxies 13 billion light years away? It's incredible, isn't it? The picture quality of this James Webb Telescope is unbelievable. So it's saying it can have a look at the universe, maybe as close to 100 million years after the Big Bang. So going back a pretty long way, it can almost like look back in time. But it wasn't a cheap telescope to send up into space. Did you see it? It was $10 billion. Ooh, that's not cheap. 
but it would blow Galileo's mind. Well, it blew my mind looking at the the pictures that it was coming back. So the Hubble telescope is the one that that has been used for for a long, long time. And then just the improvement on the Hubble telescope has been unbelievable. I don't know what you made of the pictures. Yeah, they're um, it, well, it's hard to 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 get your head around the fact they're different to any other stars, aren't they? Because they look like a normal picture. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you you said just said that how much you say it cost? Ten billion dollars. Yeah, so just going backwards to another of our episodes last series, you remember we learned that the International Space Station is the most expensive thing humans have ever built? Yeah. And it, Right, so that sounds a lot of $10 billion. It's like, oh, that's a lot of money to build something. The ISS is $150 billion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so feel free to go back and learn about that one. Maybe just it's just space, isn't it? Everything that goes into space costs a lot of money. Costs an absolute fortune. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, but it was interesting. Yeah, Galileo, how um, how he used the telescope, and then some of his other coming up with the scientific method as well. Absolutely mental. Like actually thinking, I'm going to come up with a theory, and then I'm going to go away and try and test that theory, improve something from it, and then report back and change my my experiment slightly and do it all over again. Yep. Yep. The whole method is uh yeah what you came up with, which is. Nuts to think people didn't do that beforehand. What about clowns? I said this earlier. Clowns, one of my favourite things we've learned about is the fact that to um, trademark your clown face, if you wanted to become a clown and you wanted to make your face the only one that, so nobody copies it, you have to draw it on an egg. (laughs) And then there's a central store of the eggs (laughs) to say these are all the clowns. It's not on some sort of database or spreadsheet or even a photo of you as your clown. It's just an egg. (laughs) And that, that's actually in the, the the Joker film, isn't it? And it's a, it's yeah. a real thing. Like if anyone's seen the the film The Joker, where he does that, it's uh, it's actually a real thing. But not too much has really happened in the world of clowns since <laughs> we since we did the episode. No way. You know that we're, we were talking about the phobia that people can have of clowns and where this has come from, and that it's not that it's a learnt phobia. It's not a natural phobia. And it's one of those things where it gets like passed down or you see scary clowns or whatever it is. You then become more scared of it because you're told to be scared of it and like it and then all of that stuff. But where one of the places where that started from was we spoke about a guy called John Wayne Gracie, who was a serial killer in the US who used to dress like a clown. And he ended up killing at least 33 boys and young men between 1972 and 1978 by luring them away dressing as a clown dressing as something happy and fun um so we, we spoke about him a little bit probably not to give him too much airtime but what has happened since the episode is that when he was on death row he, he did some paintings and i've seen the paintings and they're, they're horrible they're like super scary like clown face type paintings and um, but they got found they got discovered and they've now been auctioned off for about six thousand pounds a painting but about that, that's about it that's changed really similar to um like summer solstice not a whole lot of change with that that's been going on forever <laughs> make no news uh so if you want to learn about the summer solstice we have an episode about it this series um it did happen this uh, year though with a slightly different twist it was covid free wasn't it yeah they did yeah lots of people it's about six thousand people did actually go to like stonehenge for example to uh, witness it which people couldn't do for the last couple of years but as far as how long has it been going on it's been going on as long as the universe has been here so not a lot's changed. If you go onto our Instagram account, um, there's a, a pretty decent depiction of how it works uh, using me leaning into the sun. 
as an example. <laughs> <laughs> that, by the way, please like. It took me so long to put that together because <laughs> I've got no Photoshop skills. <laughs> uh, good one. Glastonbury happened as well. I always think yeah. these two are quite similar. Summer Solstice and Glastonbury. I don't know why I think like they're they're too similar. So I think the people are similar at both of those things. Well, and they're not too far away from each other. They? So no, I think it was the summer solstice. So we learned would always happen between the nineteenth and the twenty first, yeah, of June. June, and yeah. then Glastonbury happens that weekend. So I think it's yeah. I mean, because they're they're not too far away. One road, isn't there, between Stonehenge, where the summer solstice happens, and where Glastonbury happens? And I think you go summer solstice on the, the Tuesday, Wednesday, and just make your way to Glastonbury, and it's all sort of summer, same, live free, enjoy life, and be happy type thing. And what road is it? Oh, it's the A three hundred three. If you're wondering, <laughs> we we said one of the problems with Glastonbury is um like waste and people leaving everything behind. Emily Evers tweeted out that actually 99% of all, all tents were taken home this year. Though. Which sounds pretty good, but how many tents does that mean were left behind? Over 2,000. <laughs> there's so many people at Glastonbury. <laughs> <laughs> and one of, I think one of the things that, that blew our mind about Glastonbury this year is there's 210,000 people that attend it over a weekend, but the number of people that attend it from a staff or catering or from a just security general setting up and helping it run it's like 60,000 yeah 60,000 people just like there. 130 something helping. 130 something tickets 130,000 like tickets for people and then the, the rest is like people's crew and food vendors and volunteers just everything else yeah yeah mind-blowing it did, it did it did go down with success though didn't it this year like people seem to like it the headline acts and everything there didn't seem to be too much controversy that happened there this year no michael evis using his uh using his digger to lift up the fence this year the and fence. Let, let people in no greta thunberg came out as a surprise didn't she and uh encouraged everybody to uh well, to recycle as well which apparently went quite well i'll tell you something they would have needed at glastonbury though probably a hangover pill yes yeah and we did it we did a random episode i don't remember if it's yours or my idea to do about just to learn about hangovers <laughs> and uh essentially the only way to cure hangovers is to not drink but there there is or there are some companies producing now you know wonder pills essentially you know take this pill you won't have a hangover and uh one's got released in you know in in the uk but just tell everyone liam like why do we have hangovers well nobody knows not even scientists <laughs> nobody knows I think it's got the scientific name is Vasalgia, isn't it? That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so the, the there's obviously name. it's, it's linked really to drinking known. alcohol. For people thinking, of course they know why we get it. It's because from drinking alcohol, yes, it's drinking alcohol, but we don't really understand how and why the body reacts the way it does and what really makes you feel. It's a big old combination of different things. So one of the things is people think you're just dehydrated, but um, people, I'm sure people can attest to if they've gone out on a night out and then drank a load of water, you can still feel rubbish the next day. So it's not just one yeah. thing, is it? Yeah. And also that, you know, that there are studies, you know, they can track alcohol, blood alcohol content, and you can get down to zero alcohol in your bloodstream and still feel like death. Like, <laughs> how is that? How is that a thing? Um, <laughs> one of the main things they think, though, is, is it, it's the toxins that your liver produces as it breaks down the alcohol, don't they? And Put you on the spot. What's that called? It's called acetaldehyde. 
<laughs> is it aspahaldehyde? As, Acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde. That's the one. But it's so so there's this this new miracle pill that Liam was talking about called Miracle M-Y-R-K-L. And it's a pre-drinking solution to your hangover. Um, so you take two, two of these pills, you take one 12 hours before you drink, and then one an hour before you start drinking. And what it does is it breaks down the alcohol while it's in your stomach, meaning that less of the alcohol then makes it to your liver. And that's where we learn that the acetaldehyde in your liver is the thing that makes you feel really rough. And acetaldehyde yeah. can be 10 to 30 times more toxic than the alcohol itself. So that's where the idea of this, this pill comes in. Yeah, less alcohol in your liver means less alcohol to break down. Less alcohol to break down means you're not going to produce these toxins that make you feel like you're dying. So, uh, yeah. If you, that's, um, it, if you take one of these pills, we just feel a bit more invincible and just end up drinking more? Do you mean I can drink 70% more alcohol? <laughs> I'm all right with the hangovers I get at the minute. So you said I can keep that hangover, but drink 70% more. <laughs> <laughs> I read a, I read a couple of studies that people have done and they do actually say that it's it's not meant for like binge drinking but there was one guy who said yeah I'll, I'll be part of the study and take this pill and see if it worked and he went out and he went out on a massive night he had like 15 drinks he had like eight pints yeah. like, then a Guinness then he had a few cocktails and he said oh the night gets a bit fuzzy around 1am to 3am but I know I did some shots and then he he still wondered why he felt horrendous the next day. So, yeah, they they say it's more for people who are going to be casually drinking to save them from feeling worse the next day. And talking of people that probably do a lot of drinking, we also learned about the Hell's Angels, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we know that they're they're not allowed to get too drunk where, at their meetups. They're a uh, this club, isn't it? If I remember rightly, it's definitely yep. not a gang. Definitely not a gang, yeah. it's a club. No, it's, like a club. it's just like a brotherhood, isn't it? Just people that like yeah. riding on the open road and just being with their yeah. friends. Yeah. Um, but we learned that they're very protective of their brand. And we learned that they'd sued, like Disney, for example, haven't they, for using the Hells Angels logo uh, yeah. without permission. And, you know, no one's allowed to sell stuff with Hells Angels on it. Um, but th- there was a, an Australian retail, an online a, a company called Redbubble who they act like a like a front for people who produce their own t-shirts and cups and stuff like that to sell and people on their site were selling things with the hell's angels logo on unofficially and then redbubble the website the host went the hosting website were were sued and ordered to pay $78,000 to the hell's angels yeah yeah they they're quite so, switched on aren't they for protecting copyright and trademark in there their logo and stuff. I think it was the week where we did the episode that the person who opened the first chapter, the founder of the first chapter yeah. in Oakland, California, died. His Sunny. name was Sonny Barger, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and there's since then there's there's talk of what what happens is with this brotherhood and like being there for each other. There's often a a large motorcycle contingent at anyone who dies in the Hell's Angels. And so they're they're trying to get a big a big organisation. They reckon about be about two thousand people would be part of this procession um, for when the when the funeral takes place. So they're trying to get that 
agreed with some of the local council over there in Oakland at the moment. We 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 had quite a uh, a reaction from that episode, didn't we? With quite a lot of people getting in contact. Yeah, more so than normal. Uh, I don't know if they're listeners or not, but perhaps not. I uh, do you know what I think I think they didn't listen. I'm not sure they've listened to the episode because yeah. I think maybe they thought we were approaching it from one angle and I don't think we did. I think we just learned about the Hells Angels and I think if they listened to it, they'd probably be all right with it. But I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully they do. <laughs> right. So Hells Angels are pretty explosive. Something else is pretty explosive. Hey, I like this. It's a volcano. We learned <laughs> all about volcanoes on my on the My Choice episode, didn't we? Which was uh, pretty cool. You know, you, if you've got any help with your... Uh, kids homework get them on the volcanoes episode we'll get that on learn about it and then look like you know everything about volcanoes when it comes to um helping out again similar to the summer solstice volcanoes be going on forever aren't they i mean there's not a whole lot of new news here there's some <laughs> volca- like uh, you know we could just point to a million different volcanoes that are exploding at the minute but there's a pretty cool one or exploding at the minute in iceland isn't there oh yeah yeah absolutely nuts the uh the- if you see any pictures of it, I think it's on the BBC website where you can go and find it. Do you want to pronounce it so people can then go and find it? Fagwadalsfjall. Fagwadalsfjall. So this, it, we, it was quite good learning about volcanoes because you learn about it in school. But as I said at the time, everything falls out of my head um, from then. So it was good to go back and actually learn and seeing that Fagwadals volcano. <laughs> I know that that is now a composite volcano. So they're the biggest, most explosive, most most dangerous ones. And we were saying in the weekly, and weren't we, that the one that's going off in Iceland at the moment almost looks like a cartoon volcano going off. It looks exactly like what you think a volcano should look like <laughs> from when you were at school. Yeah. You want to see that? Just you want to see the, the footage of the lava coming out the top, just bubbling away and pouring out the side. Um, People can get right up close to it to watch it, you know. But yeah, it looks exactly like what you think a volcano should look like. So go and have a little look, see for that if you want to. But yeah, I mean, there's volcanoes going off everywhere. One went off in Tonga, didn't it, or somewhere? And a uh, full circle back round to Antarctica. Didn't it make Antarctica look pretty cool? Absolutely. Yeah. So we we were saying in our volcano episode that when when the volcanoes explode, it can have an impact all around the world. And there was a, an absolutely enormous one that went off that cooled down global brought down global temperatures by half a degree because of all of the the ash cloud that went up there this one that liam just mentioned that went off in tonga it erupted and it sent a load of it says aerosols so i think it's just the the gases and everything that come out of the of the volcano they managed to go down to the antarctic sky and it was called an afterglow and it made it all turn pretty amazing. It all turned like a pinky, orangey, purpley sky. They look pretty incredible. Some of the pictures that have been taken down in Antarctica at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And, um, if, you know, if you were stood by a volcano, you would not be immune to it, would you? You would not be immune to the heat and the, and the lava. But people who are immune to things are <laughs> diplomats. <laughs> And your episode was all about diplomatic immunity, wasn't it? Now, yeah. just notice, by the way, if we've got new listeners, these topics we're saying are completely random. There is no link. There's no discernible link between any of them. 
just totally Even though you just tried stuff. to do one there between volcanoes. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to link them all together, but they don't really link. <laughs> we did yours uh, just a couple of weeks back now. Diplomatic immunity. And again, you know, we know that's been going around forever, but there was some uh, a pretty big piece of news in the UK, UK Supreme Court. Yeah, it, we were talking at the time how it's pretty nuts that diplomatic immunity can cover you for anything, virtually any crime, yeah. like murder, yeah. what have you. And like from where it came from, I think people might find it interesting. If you go back and listen, how and why it originated really makes sense. And then what it's morphed into nowadays and how people then claim diplomatic immunity is a little bit mind blowing. But yeah, as Liam was just saying there, the UK's highest court has ruled that diplomats they're not covered or they're not able to use diplomatic immunity to absolve them from modern day slavery, which is a good thing. It's like, but what, why is it taken so long for somebody to decide yeah. that to happen? Yeah. 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 So this is, it came about, it was a Saudi diplomat, wasn't it? And um, he had like a, a staff member in, in working, I guess in, in the embassy and um, you know, treated her, like a slave essentially yeah. and because they've got immunity and cannot be prosecuted because they're they're a, a diplomat in the embassy did whatever he wanted but you know the uk government of france said that that's not right if you're doing that we're going to prosecute you regardless of your status saying saying the way that they they treated so she was a, a, a filipino lady that was like a, a maid to the household effectively and she was forced to wear a bell 24 hours a day so that she could be called at any time she worked from 7 a.m. in the morning to 11.30 p.m. every day with no days off, no rests. And she also wasn't allowed to call her family back in the Philippines. Or she's only allowed to call twice a year as long as she was using the, the diplomat's phone. Like, yeah, just, just really bad. I don't know why someone would think they'd want to treat someone like that anyway. But yeah. <sighs> so traditionally, like the rule would be that because they are a diplomat in England, the the English courts and the English like police or whoever cannot prosecute them and that is what the rule is that you know if they'd committed murder in England a, a British policeman could not arrest them for murder because they have diplomatic immunity but yeah this is a, a slight sea change a little bit yeah the, the the thing that that we talk about there and it seems becoming more prominent and this might be a little bit of a step towards it by having this this rule change is something called functional immunity. So maybe go back and just have a little listen about what functional immunity means um, for, for people. So, yeah, go on then, Liam. So we, we're talking about diplomatic immunity there. We've got one more one, one more topic. This is this topic was a bit of a knockout, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, anesthesia, anesthesia. Not as I said earlier, anesthesia. I'm out of love. <laughs> <laughs> anesthesia i do have a little i mean again not much new really learned it last week but quick story i, I found ozzy osbourne off of um what's the band called black sabbath oh yeah that's it uh i read an interview with him i don't think it's that recent an interview he, he said um he uh went in for some surgery and because he'd taken so many drugs in in his heyday it, like his body can deal with drugs so he had to have four times as much anesthetic as anybody else to go to sleep. You know, I was saying I was a rhino because I could count to 17 if you listen to the episode. He might, what, what's bigger than a rhino? He's like some sort of dinosaur. But yeah, crazy, right? Do you think he just kept on counting 101? 
102. <laughs> yeah, apparently the interview said they'd asked him like when he was going to tour or something, and he started telling them a story, and then and then the doctor went, "Why aren't you asleep yet?" Because <laughs> he just kept speaking. <laughs> Let's give him a load more. I've just um, realised, Liam, there's there's a massive one that we've missed out, a massive topic um, that was on our list that we did this series, which is inflation. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is going a bit bit bonkers at the minute. I actually put a, a, a thing out on our socials, you know, you, you might want to go and give this a listen because it is all over the news at the minute, inflation. Um, just being able to chat about it, I found quite interesting. And, you know, even even not even chatting to people, but seeing it on the news, and understanding what they're talking about just just a little bit more just yeah. enough that i know what's going on yeah that you know i'm not an expert in it by any means but i understand it just a little bit more now so if i give the the one-liner for for people just to remind them it's the general increase in prices of goods and services over time and so what what is it that they're saying at the moment it's going to spike or get to about 30 yeah it's going to hit about 13 percent by the end of the year so that means everything that we well, generally whatever we buy now is 13% more expensive than it was at the same time last year. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nuts. Um, and so, and we learned, you know, the, the best way for a government to encourage inflation to come down in, to encourage prices to fall is to make it more attractive to save your money. Okay. If they make it so that I would rather save my money than spend my money, I'm not going to spend so much. If everybody doesn't spend so much, prices will come down just a smidgen. So what they do is they increase um, interest rates, don't they? So as of, was it, it would be last week by the time this comes out, interest rates in the UK went from 1.25 to 1.75%. Yeah. And that's the biggest um, rise in 27 years, having that biggest single rise. In a, yeah. In so, a but what, so what that means is obviously they're making it, uh, more they're making it better for me to save my money so i'm yeah. not going to spend it they're making it harder for me to borrow money so i would rather save my money and if i'm saving my money and i'm not borrowing money or anything like that i'm just trying to save my money i'm not spending and if i'm not spending prices will come down and we won't go into it now but there are two main reasons for inflation so you've got demand pull or cost push and so yeah, yeah. Go, go back and have a little little bit of a listen and then you'll know which type of inflation we're finding ourselves in at the moment. But that just about brings us up to speed with everything from um, season five. What a cool season. What a bunch of random topics. We've got a whole bunch of random ones lined up uh, for next year. Or next year? Next series, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. We, um, yeah, we, we will be back, which will be good for season six. We're looking forward to it. We'll always take suggestions from people, any topic suggestions or just any general comments or what have you. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from you all. Um, any, any ideas or if there's any way you think we can improve the pod, we'd love to do that as well. Just let us know. We did a previous episode about Dubai. And um, by the time the next pod comes out, I will have moved to Dubai. So apologies <laughs> if we're a week late when we return because I need to work out how to do this from a bit further away. <laughs> <laughs> With a bit of a time zone difference for us. Yeah, I think we'll work it out though. Um, yeah uh yeah no great series bunch of random topics we've got when we did our listener choice we got some really good choices and quite often similar with hell's angels uh quite often we'll, we'll just steal one of those so uh you know just if you do have any ideas do do let us know what you think we could do an episode on because we you know we like doing it like that there are absolutely no stupid suggestions i mean you've you've heard the list that we've gone through there it can be anything yeah, yeah and 
last series did we did Worcestershire sauce <laughs> an episode Worcestershire sauce as an episode so nailed it yeah, well done nice yeah so that's about it that's the wrap up for series five thank you so much for listening we've we've really enjoyed having you listen to us again get in contact with us at two guys one topic we won't be with you next tuesday but we'll be with you in a couple of weeks time get out there and share some two guys one topic knowledge see you later for series six